Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Vigilante, Into the Darkness, an EMP Apocalypse in America, written by Cliff Dean. Can Mankind Survive a Worldwide EMP Apocalypse? Vigilante, Into the Darkness, pulls no punches when it comes to the horrific details of a worldwide grid-down situation starting with the effect on the food chain and an explosion in the population of vermin. With so many dead, how do the survivors deal with rotting corpses, diseases, and villains? Will good triumph over evil? Maybe. Levi Levins retires from the army and is off on vacation before starting his new job. He suffers a horrendous loss accompanying lights out, and must find a way to help humanity in order to keep his own sanity. He has no bug-out bag, no hidden weapons cache, no transportation. What does he do and how does he do it? Levi will walk us through his path to survival. Perhaps it may also be yours. This gripping tale takes us on a journey to try to stave off the new dark age brought on by a worldwide EMP apocalypse. Can government survive when no food is being trucked to the masses? Can our military survive without the tons of food needed for each and every meal? The answers are here. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Vigilante. Chapter 1. Nothing but blue skies do I see. March 28. Main Gate, Fort Benning, Georgia. The morning dawned bright and sunny with spring temperatures in the mid-70s as Sergeant First Class Levi Leonard Lewis, U.S. Army, Cavalry, and Military Intelligence, retired, smiled at his wife, and, with an obvious heavy heart, said, Well, Sarah, 21 years in the Army and now retired. I look back on my career and think, where did the years go? Sweetie, said Sarah, Levi's wife of 18 years. If it's going to make you miserable, let's turn around and you go right back in there and re-enlist. You know I'm with you, always have been, and always will be. I know, I know, but it is time for a new beginning back home. Still, I will miss it, though. Sarah smiled now and softly said, I know, hon. Sarah? I know all these deployments to Iraq and Berzikstan were hard on you, too, and I don't think I ever really made it clear what your support and strength truly meant to me. I hope I can make you know how your love got me through some scary, tough times. I look at you and wonder how you have stayed so beautiful. Why, you look better now than when we got married. Sarah began laughing. Flatterer. So what is it that you want, as if I don't know? Turning his head and looking directly at Sarah, Levi said with the sincerity of a mature and lasting love, You, Pumpkin, just you. Hey, Romeo, watch the road. Dang, now you just get those big puppy dog eyes back on the road and off my tits. Sorry, babe, what can I say? You know I love them. But yeah, you're right, I'd better stick to my driving, because I have big plans for tonight. Oh, really? Well, if you don't keep your eyes on the road like a good boy... I'm going to have a headache tonight. Yes, ma'am. You know, Sarah, the whole world is open to us. I just feel that the future looks very bright. Yep. In two weeks, I start a new career as a detective with the West Virginia Criminal Investigation Division, 
And with your new job at the hospital, wow, we'll have the kind of retirement we could have only dreamed. Yeah, I loved my service time, but if I'd stayed in for 30 years, I'd be too old to hire onto anybody's police force. Oh, I don't know about that. You look sexy as hell. I mean, that sandy blonde hair, five foot nine, narrow waist and rock hard abs. Whoa, I can go with the hair, height and waist. But who are you seeing that has rock hard abs? Okay, maybe not rock hard, but you still look great. Levi's hat size increased by about one full size. Okay, but have you taken a look at yourself lately, Sarah? Perfect body, slim, athletic, dancer's legs, and the twins? Yep, you are looking good, babe. Okay, enough of that. You know, I was thinking just last night that I was born at Thomas Memorial Hospital in South Charleston, and now I'll be running their ER. Now, smiling and becoming more relaxed, both felt at peace with the future when Levi said, You know, Sarah, I'm glad we decided to take a couple of weeks and kill Devil Hills. Our second honeymoon, making love like a couple youngins, and then just sitting around in the morning sun, toes in the water, ass in the sand. Cute, Mr. Levins, but I think you have your song lyrics spliced together, laughed Sarah. Still, it does sound very nice. Yeah, well, I bet you're the only one who'd pick up on the Otis Redding thing. You know, I think things are going to work out just fine. Sarah's Song April 29th Room 269, Days In, Kill Devil Hills Oceanfront, Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina Levi awoke with the sun as another beautiful spring day dawned almost glaringly bright and clear. The sun's reflection seemed to toss a million diamonds floating upon the surface of the Atlantic Ocean. A slight breeze stirred the curtains through the open window, and the salty sweet smell of the Atlantic Ocean lapping gently along the shore set the mood and Levi was simply too happy to get up. He lay back on the mattress, remembering their honeymoon kind of lovemaking last night. Inhaling deeply, he could still smell her perfume. It made him want to cuddle some more and maybe have an instant replay but when he reached out for Sarah, he found only empty space. He smiled, thinking that Sarah must have gotten up early and gone out for fresh pastries from that bakery they passed driving into Kill Devil Hills. Sitting up, Levi reached out to the bedside light and pushed the button. He was surprised when nothing happened, but assumed the bulb had burned out. Turning on the TV brought the same result. Well, damn, the power's out, he thought. I hope it hasn't been out for too long or the donuts won't be ready. Guess I'll shower. Yeah, good idea, Ace. She might be in the mood, too. Dang, but she looked fantastic in that bikini and that wraparound gauzy skirt thing in the early evening before it got too cold. Yep, there's no question about it. A morninger is better than a nooner, because it's sooner. Levi grabbed a quick shower and began to become a bit concerned that Sarah wasn't back yet. Of course, the power outage probably caused her to be longer at the bakery than she had planned. He was not happy that the power was still off, and he decided that showering in absolute darkness was now off his bucket list. He toweled off, got dressed, and decided to call Sarah to see how much longer she would be. Oh, crap, he thought. The battery is dead. Damn, now what? After waiting for approximately another ten minutes, Levi decided to go out and meet her at the bakery. The hallway was in total darkness, as the emergency lighting had also failed. Levi was forced to feel his way down the hallway to the stairs. A feeling of unease began to creep down his spine. He opened the stairwell door and nearly tripped over Sarah's body. She had, indeed, gone for donuts, 
but had met death on this stairwell instead. Windows, high overhead, allowed light to infiltrate the landing area and stairs so residents could find their way out safely in just such an emergency. Sarah's summer dress had been torn off along with her underwear. Even in death, Levi could see that she had been terrified. She had been beaten, raped, and finally her throat had been slashed. Levi let out a savage roar that quickly turned to body-sacking sobs as he held her lifeless form in his arms. He sat this way for perhaps an hour. Now, drenched in her blood, he wondered how he could get help. He certainly did not want to leave her there all alone, and the hallway was too dark to carry her back to their room. The door opened, and a couple came onto the landing. Upon stepping through, they jumped back in shock and surprise. The woman screamed and immediately thought that Levi had killed the woman in his arms. No, no. I was going to meet her at the bakery and found her here. My wife has been murdered. I can't leave her. Please, have the reception desk call the police and an ambulance so we can get her out of this stairwell. The man said, yes, of course. We'll send them right up. As he dragged his sobbing wife down the stairwell as she kept repeating, Oh my God, oh my God. Levi held Sarah's lifeless body and cried. He remained with her for what seemed an eternity, but no one came to help. Finally, realizing that he would have to go down to get help, he gently eased the body of the one woman he had ever loved away from the door and covered her with her dress and his shirt. Please, God, let this be a dream. It was not. Levi arrived to Bedlam in the lobby of the hotel. Everyone was screaming at once, demanding that the staff do something to sort this mess out. One angry man shouted, My car won't start! There are stalled cars all over the street! This announcement initiated a rush by others to try their cars. The angry man turned around and saw the blood-covered man named Levi Levins and screamed, Look! Those still in the lobby turned to Levi. Women began screaming and men rushed their families out into the morning sunlight. Now, alone with the hotel manager, Levi said, Please, call the police. My wife has been murdered. The manager's name tag read Mr. Holt. He backed up to the wall and said, Please don't hurt me. Take what you want, but please don't kill me. This actually helped Levi regain a bit of his composure, and he said, I didn't kill anyone, and I don't want to hurt you. Now, please, call the police. Relaxing just a bit, Holt stuttered out in a voice nearing panic, N nothing is working. No phones, no, no cars, nothing. I don't know what to do. Levi's military training forced itself above his sorrow as he said, Okay, then I will tell you what you are going to do. Get a sheet, and then you and I are going to the second floor landing. Once there, we will wrap her in the sheet and take her back to our room. Then I'll go find the police. But, but I, I can't just leave the desk. I have to stay right here. If I see a policeman, I'll send him up to you. Now Levi was becoming angry as he said, Listen, Holt, I didn't ask you to come up to help. I gave you a direct fucking order. Now either you come and help me, or be covered in your own blood. Am I clear here? But, but, screaming now, but nothing. Get your ass moving, you fuck. Seeing the blood on Levi and wanting to keep his own blood secured, he jumped to it, got the sheet, and asked Levi to lead the way. Listen, moron, if I lead, you'll split. So get your candy ass moving. Holt led Levi to the second floor landing. Together, they gently and with great care wrapped Sarah in the sheet and took her to the room. Levi's door failed to unlock and he realized that with no power, the electronic lock mechanism would not disengage from the outside. Holt, is there another way to open this door? 
no, no, I, I don't, I don't know. No, I don't think so. At least, I don't have any idea how to open it. Levi leaned on what he had learned from his deployments to Berzikstan. He stepped back from the door and kicked it directly adjacent to the locking mechanism. On the third attempt, the door lock snapped and Levi pushed the door open. Light from the window filtered into the hallway as he and Holt again gently lifted the body of Sarah with great care and laid her on the unmade bed. Levi covered her, kissed her on the forehead, and turned to Holt. Get out. Holt fled. Upon seeing himself in the mirror and seeing the image of a blood-soaked madman, Levi stripped down to his underwear and washed off Sarah's blood. He then lay down on the bed, took his beloved Sarah in his arms, and while holding her, Levi Levins cried for a long, long time before falling into a troubled slumber. Finally, some time later, he felt the early stages of rigor begin to take hold of Sarah's body. Levi steeled himself to the fact that some other great tragedy must have befallen the area. He again showered, dressed in clean clothes, and made his way back to the lobby. Several people were milling around waiting for someone to tell them what to do, but there was no one in charge. Holt had not stopped running until he was well away from the maniac in room 269. What happened? March 29th. Hill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Going to his car, Levi pressed the unlock button on his clicker but got no response. He used the key, opened the door, seated himself behind the wheel, and attempted to start the car. Nothing. Upon exiting the car, Levi looked around and saw that there were no vehicles running anywhere that he could see, but he did see many people walking away from their stranded autos. He also saw several billowing clouds of smoke rising high into the air. Plane crashes. Just moments before, Levi had been nearly suicidal, but with the realization that suicide would not put him in heaven with his Sarah, or that it would not help him bring justice to the man who had done this to Sarah. Justice. Yes, Old Testament justice. Levi Levins rapidly evolved, though many might argue that he had mutated, or perhaps even devolved. His heart was shattered, but his mind became clear, abruptly halting his plunge into shock or madness. Levi began walking up the street searching for the police, but none were to be found. He did see two abandoned police cars, but no uniformed officers. Checking the cars, he had hoped to find a shotgun, but this was not his lucky day. Levi now knew exactly what had happened. There was only one thing that could take out the electricity, cell phones, and autos at the same time. The electromagnetic pulse. And only two things were known to be able to create an EMP capable of destroying the national electric grid. High-altitude nuclear detonations at approximately 225 miles above Kansas would completely destroy the grid from southern Canada to northern Mexico or a coronal mass ejection from our sun which would likely fry the electrical grid of the entire world. A direct hit by a large enough CME to destroy the worldwide grid systems would likely fry the entire Earth. This is called an extinction-level event. A near-miss, however, could well fry the entire worldwide electric grid, but an EMP near-miss would be completely harmless to life, yet would still destroy all unshielded electronics. He also remembered reading something about a CME strike called the Carrington Event of 1859. An amateur astronomer, Richard Carrington, made a note of a large CME being ejected from the sun. Seventeen and a half hours later, that same CME made a direct hit on Earth. Fortunately, it did not have sufficient strength to cause an ELE, but it did set fires in many telegraph offices and destroyed telegraph lines and equipment in both Europe and the United States. It is estimated 
that if another Carrington like CME struck the earth today, the bill would rise beyond $2 trillion 2013 dollars and take many years to recover. It would take years because the largest regional transformer stations are no longer made in America. They took years to manufacture in Japan, Korea, and China, in addition to replacing the tens of millions of miles of wire and replacing the millions of local neighborhood transformers. These components were just the beginning, so no old-style electricity for decades, at least in the hinterlands. Shaking the trivia from his befogged brain, Levi realized that at this exact moment, it made absolutely no difference what had caused this EMP event. It was done, and now he had to deal with it. No safe spaces, therapists, or coloring books would help now. Either buck up or die. The farther he walked, the more he thought about what he must do in the here and now. Number one on his list was to find a weapon. Two, find food. And three, decide what to do about Sarah's body. There was so much more, but he would think about them when the time came. Right then, his survival instincts were kicking in and saving his sanity. He would think about that later, too. People everywhere were wandering up and down the streets, much like Levi, but with no goal, just wandering around, waiting for the government to turn the lights back on or AAA to get their car running. He thought, these people are truly the first of the walking dead. Batter Up, March 29th. Defense 101, Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. A block from Virginia Dare Trail, Levi found a sporting goods store and thought, well, 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 my personal little weapons depot. Of course, a Walmart superstore would have been ideal, but there weren't any of those nearby. He entered the store and found the owner standing guard over his merchandise. We're closed until the power comes back on. Please come back then. In his most polite and soothing voice, Levi said, Sir? The lights will not be coming back on for years. The entire grid is fried, as are cars and cell phones. Didn't you see the smoke trails from crashed planes? No one is coming to help you. My best advice to you is to leave. Don't lock the door and you might save the windows, as if that should ever become important. Go home, gather the family, hug them to you, and get out of town. I suggest bicycles, even though others will try to take them from you unless you are willing to shoot first. Nonsense. This is just a power outage, and the power company will have it fixed soon. Levi looked down at the floor and said, Sir, okay, you have been warned. Now, I have a problem that you can fix. The owner looked warily at Levi as he responded. And what would that be? Wonderful. Now we can get down to business. I need a gun. But since you do not sell those, I would like to purchase an aluminum baseball bat. Do you have any for sale? Well, yes, of course, but my registers are locked. Sir, I assure you that is of no concern. I will take one bat and pay you $25 cash. Is that a fair offer? Well, yes, but they don't cost that much, and I don't have any change. Smiling now, Levi said, Sir, I will pay you 25 in cash right now. And he reached into his back pocket, retrieving his wallet, and took out 30 Well, dang, I don't have any fives, so I guess the price is now 30 Is that all right? No, that's too much. How about 20? And with that, Levi had his first weapon. He did feel sorry for the owner, not for the price, but because the man had, as yet, no inkling of the wrecking ball about to fall on his head. Oh well. Ah, now this feels so much better, thought Levi as he walked away from the store and back to the hotel, where he knew he would still find food. Levi decided to eat dinner from whatever he could find in the hotel kitchen, 
and then he planned to burn the hotel to the ground. It seemed appropriate for his Sarah. Some like it hot. March 29th. Old Testament Justice. Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. There were still a couple of rooms occupied on the first floor, and Levi suggested that they would definitely want to go to another hotel. Just as he was finishing his cold meal, he thought he heard a woman scream. He knew that screaming would soon become a common occurrence. Still, he grabbed his bat and ran towards the sound. He heard no more screaming and found a man standing over a young girl's dead body. He began pulling up his pants when Levi calmly said, Oh, you don't need to pull them up. Totally unnecessary. Turning sharply, the man reached down for his knife. With his pants still down around his ankles, this proved to be a time-consuming and clumsy process. As the rapist brought the knife up towards Levi, he felt a horrible pain as Levi's baseball bat shattered his hand. The knife skittered across the landing as the man screamed to begin reaching into his pants pocket. It was, again, too time-consuming as he reached for a pistol. Very quickly, Levi used the bat like a nightstick and smashed the killer's other hand. The man screamed louder and attempted to shield his mangled hands as he scooted back against the wall. A white rage warped Levi's mind as he saw the body of a young teenage girl no more than fourteen lying dead on the floor. His eyes betrayed hatred and a desire for vengeance, for both Sarah and this lovely young girl. Taking his bat, Levi stepped up to the crying man who began begging for his life. Please, don't kill me. I found her this way. I swear to God. Oh, well now, that makes all the difference, said Levi as he brought the bat down upon the young man's knee adding it to the shattered bone list. He screamed in pain and pleaded, Oh God, don't hurt me again. Please, mister, please, I beg you. Oh God, help me. Is that what she said to you, you sick fuck? As bang, the left knee joined the list. Now realizing that the man with the bat was going to kill him, the rapist begged Levi to finish the job. C come on, man, get it over with. Levi squatted in front of the man and asked, What did the woman you murdered this morning say? Kill me, you bastard! Levi sighed, stood, and smashed the man's right elbow. Now, I don't believe she said that. Listen to me, you fucking waste of space. If you want me to put you out of your misery, you will answer my questions. I might even see if I can get you to a hospital. After all, nothing is life-threatening here. Really? Oh, please, help me. This piece of human trash began to cry and plead. Please, I swear to God I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Now, that wasn't so hard, was it? But since you will be meeting God soon enough, I would suggest you leave him out of this little encounter and stay where you're more comfortable. Okay, here's how this is going to work. I ask you a question, and if I believe you, then I don't break anything else. Deal? Yes, yes, hurry, I need help. What do you want? Oh, God, I'm hurt. Levi broke the man's nose with his bat. I told you, you piece of shit, leave God out of this. Mention his name again, and what you are going through now will seem like a picnic with Nicole Kidman. Dang, did you know your nose is all flattened out? Man, I bet that hurts like hell. Oh, God. Wait, please, please don't hit me again. Okay. You see how easy I am to talk to? Now, what did the lady you murdered this morning say before she died? Beginning to enter shock, the pain began to fade, and the man became almost giddy as he reminisced. Oh, man. It was beautiful. She begged for her life. She said she would do anything I asked. Oh, man. Like, she did everything I told her to do. Of course, I lied and slit her throat just before I got off. Wow, what a ride. Barely able to restrain himself, Levi said, 
She was my wife of 18 years, and I loved her very much. Bam, went the left elbow. Bam, went both feet and shins. The rapist was barely able to speak now, but stammered, You said you would get help. Yeah, well, I lied. Don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to leave you right here while I build a fire on the floor just below. I mean, you don't have to stay. You could just walk out. Oh, wait, that would be hard now, wouldn't it? Oh, well, just relax. Your pain will end right after your skin catches fire and you turn a nice crispy brown. Fire? No, wait, you promised not to kill me. Please, I'm begging, please, please don't let me burn. I leave you with this thought. Back in my father's day, a common phrase was burn, baby, burn. I just wish I could be here to watch your pain as your skin begins to blister, just before it catches fire. I pray you don't die too quickly. You took my wife, raped, and murdered her. There is nothing I can think of, nothing that would be too horrible to do to you, sobbed Levi. I just wish I could kill you over and over again. Sarah, please forgive me for what I do here, but vengeance is now the law of this land. Levi picked up the man's twenty-two caliber pistol and knife. He left without saying another word. The rapist quietly sobbed, unable to even utter a scream. Yet. I am so sorry, Sarah, that I was unable to protect you or the young girl lying on the floor above you. I love you, and now I know what my new path must be. Goodbye, my love. May God rest your soul and forgive what I must do. The salty taste of his tears ran into the corners of his mouth as he left to find an appropriate accelerant. With no way to put the fire out, it raged out of control, leaving only ashes and a blackened steel shell. No human remains were ever found. Then again, there was no one left who even cared to look. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Vigilante. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.